Tabernacle Presbyterian Church presents Sunday with Tab. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, located at 34th and Central in Indianapolis, welcomes you to Sunday with Tab. Today, Pastor John Gable delivers the message entitled, The Light That Shines in the Darkness. So join us now from the sanctuary of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for Sunday with Tab. Our first scripture reading this morning is the first five verses of the first chapter of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without, without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes not from the Gospel of John, but from the first letter of John. First chapter, picking up at the fifth verse. Again, let's listen to God's word to us. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in the darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. Friends, this is good news, and let us pray. Lord, we do give you thanks for the gift of the day, for the privilege of worship. And now as we sit beneath the teaching of your word, we would pray that the words of my mouth, that the meditations of our hearts together might bring honor and glory to you, for it is you and you alone we desire to please, and this through Christ our Lord. Amen. It was a windy, dusty night, not that such was unusual. Wind and dust are the defining features of this small Midwestern town and of the wide flat land that surrounds it. But just at dusk on this particular night, the wind had shifted from the southwest to the northeast and a choking cloud of a dust bowl had obliterated the differences between ground and sky, making it nearly impossible to see. The boy should not have been out. His parents would have forbidden it, but he had been at a pre-Christmas party at the Methodist Church after school, and the storm had caught him and many others by surprise. The pastor would have urged him to stay until all rides could be arranged, or the, the snow or the storm rather let up, but the boy, headstrong as he was thoughtless, had simply left. He knew the direction home. And there was no reason he should get lost. It was, after all, only a small town, and he had lived there nearly half of his 10 years. But if you've ever been caught in a dust storm, you know how completely disorienting it can be. The boy knew the way, but after a while, the way wasn't where he thought it was to be. The street that should have led him from the church to the school and then to a cow path which he knew would take him home, but after stumbling into a ditch and getting himself turned around, he no longer knew where he was. 
He had counted on the lights in his windows, in the windows of his family's modest home to guide him, and the shades had been drawn against the relentless infiltration of the blowing dust, and so it was darkened, and suddenly he found himself lost and alone in the dust, in the dark, and he didn't know what to do. And then he saw the star. It wasn't the Bethlehem star, and it wasn't even a star in the sky. It was an electric dime store star that had been bought as part of his mother's Christmas decorations for as many years as he could remember. He never really thought much of it before, but there it was, rising and falling in the dust, twinkling in the dark, and the light from that cheap little star shined in the darkness and he followed it home. It's a cute little story. And throughout the narrative of Scripture, we hear the promise of a different kind of light, God's light, breaking into the darkness of our world and calling us home. A promise which finds its completion and fulfillment in the birth of the Christ child. We read in the book of Numbers, so very, very early in Israel's faith journey, the prophecy of one named Balaam, a most unusual spokesman for God. Balaam was a Mesopotamian diviner, so not even a believer in the God of Israel. And yet he spoke a truth about the coming of this anointed one. He said, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near, a star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Balaam's prophecy pointed to the rise of a monarchy under King David, pointed beyond that then to the Messiah King who would come in his name. Later still, the prophet Isaiah would continue his prophecy with a more specific vision. Words that are familiar to us. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And in the fullness of time, that morning star was born, and God came to us in such an unlikely manner. A child born of Mary, named Jesus. And it's not insignificant, nor is it inconsequential, that God marked this birth not only with angel choruses, but also with the vision of a star which led the Magi and others to come and find him in the place of his holy birth. And we, like them, are called to be led by that light. As we continue through the narrative of Scripture, we turn to the first letter of John and hear this bold proclamation. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Think for a moment of all the different images that we might use to characterize the nature of God. We speak of him as truth, of love, of life, the most vivid of these, though, is that God is light. For centuries, 
The contrast between light and darkness has been used in literature, in the theater, in religion to illustrate this great cosmic ballot, uh, uh, battle between good and evil, between truth and falsehood, between God and the adversary. And though it defies precise definition, any of our children could use their imaginations to understand the truth of this basic message, that God is light. But we're called not simply to be led to this light, but to embrace this light and to walk in this light we read on in 1 John, let us walk in the light as God is in the light and we will have fellowship with one another and forgiveness of our sins. This is both the great invitation of our faith but it is also the great expectation of our faith. It's not enough for us simply to be drawn to the light like bugs to a flashing bulb. We are called to continually walk in this light because God is light. To speak of God in this way is to say that the God we worship is pure and holy, righteous, just. In him there is no flaw or imperfection, there is no unholiness or unrighteousness, no sin, no brokenness, no disharmony. In him there's nothing evil or false, because God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. That's really the glorious proclamation of the Christian faith. When John penned his gospel, you'll notice he didn't begin by telling us of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem to Mary, but rather he announces the light that shines in the darkness which the darkness does not overcome, the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. In the birth of Jesus, God makes good on all of his promises, all of the prophecies of the ages, as he pierced the darkness with the glory of his light and love. And so we now, who have heard this good news, who have received it for ourselves, are called to live as children of light. Luke 16. Bearing the armor of light, Romans 13. Proclaiming the fruit of the light, Ephesians 5. As we continue to walk in the light. It is not insignificant for Jesus to say of himself, I am the light of the world, but then for him to turn to the likes of you and me and say, you are the light of the world. To walk in the light means to imitate and reflect the character of God to those around us. It's to allow our lives to be ordered by the truth of God's word. It is to learn God's ways and follow in his paths. It is to accept his instruction, to submit to his judgment and lordship. To walk in the light is to allow the light of God's love to illumine all of the darkened and hidden places of our lives and of our hearts. And admittedly, this is the painful part of hearing the gospel message in this way. For it is only by allowing the light of Christ to shine in us 
that we can ever really be set free from the darkness that resides in us. Jesus here calls us to step out of that darkness and into his light. And so we read the familiar words in 1 John, if we say we have fellowship with God, but then walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and forgiveness of our sins. The love of Christ then becomes like a laser beam for us. It is searching and searing, and yet it is also revealing and healing for us as we are restored into a right relationship because of that searching, searing light of Christ that then restores us to a right relationship with God and so with one another. So we are called to be led to the light and then to walk in the light so that we can live as bearers, reflectors of the light which God has shown into the darkness of our lives and of our world. One evening, an American tourist happened upon a small parish church while traveling through a rural part of Germany. The notice on the door said that there were to be Vesper services that evening, so he decided to stay. But as the appointed hour arrived, no worshipers were there, and the chapel was dark. So he thought perhaps the service had been canceled, but just as he was preparing to leave, he noticed a small flicker of light coming up from a path from one particular direction and then noticed that there were also flickers of light coming from other directions, all heading towards this small chapel on the hill. Soon dozens of worshipers filled that tiny sanctuary and the lanterns they carried filled the place with light as each hung their lanterns on hooks on the walls. After the service, a longtime member greeted the visitor and said, you may think it's strange that we do this in this day and age, but I love this tradition. When this parish was founded long ago, the people were too poor to purchase candles for vespers, so each member was instructed to bring their own lantern to light the sanctuary. Now, of course, we can afford lights now, but we've been doing it this way for 300 years, and none of us want to give up on this tradition. Now, when even one of our members is not here, we can honestly say, we missed your light, and we were diminished because of it. That is a parable for the church. The same can be said of you and me. We are diminished when even one of us is not here, lifting our voices, sharing our gifts, offering our prayers, enlivening our fellowship. But even more importantly, the world is a darker place when even one of us does not reflect the light of God's love and light, his grace and glory. You and I are called to be bearers of the light of Christ into the world around us. So as Jesus will say to us in the Sermon on the Mount, let your light so shine that others may give glory to your Father in heaven. During this season of Advent, we light a lot of candles, don't we? Look around. 
That is a reminder to us of God's light which has pierced our darkness, the darkness of our world, the darkness of our hearts. The message of Christmas is simply this, the true light which enlightens everyone has come into the world through the birth of Jesus, the child of Bethlehem, the promised Messiah, the one we call Savior and Lord, the one we know to be the light of the world. Like a dime store star shining in a dust storm or a lantern carried up the path to illumine the church, God's light continues to shine in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. So let us be led to this light, let us walk in this light and let us so commit ourselves to live as reflectors of this light in our darkened world to the honor and glory of God through the face of Christ, the light of the world. Amen. And let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you have loved us enough, cared for us enough, thought of us enough that you would send your light into the darkened places of our world, the darkened places of our hearts. And in that illumination, you have set us free. Lord, may we be drawn once again this day to that light, to walk in that light, and then to reflect this light. May you be honored and glorified in us and through us as we pray in your precious name. Lord, hear our prayer. You're listening to Sunday with Tab, a production of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis. We hope you have found inspiration and comfort in today's program. There are many ways to enjoy today's message again. Subscribe to the Tab podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to tabpres.org, tap on the graphic marked sermons and select the sermon you wish to hear. While there, you can also view the entire worship service. We invite you to join us for worship this morning at Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. We're located at the corner of 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis. At 8 a.m., we have a communion service in the chapel. And at 10 o'clock, a beautiful worship service in the sanctuary. The 10 o'clock service is also live streamed on our YouTube channel, Tab Indy. For all information on the services and streaming, go to tabpres.org. That's T-A-B. PRES.org. Thanks for listening, and join us next week at the same time for Sunday with Tabs.